look what NATO did. NATO was in Iraq with the United States. NATO was in Afghanistan. NATO bombed Libya. NATO bombed Yugoslavia. You know, I, I get so tired of hearing, oh, there hasn't been a war in Europe since World War II. Bill Clinton and the British and NATO bombed Yugoslavia for 90-something days, dropping more bombs than were dropped on Germany in World War II. The brainwashing only works if people still have food and a sense of security. What happens when working mothers can no longer afford to get, to get gas to go to work or put food on the table? We're reaching that point in, in the United States. Not yet, but we're getting there. Who's going to speak to those people? Who's going to put forward their interests? I don't see a single high-level political figure who actually talks about these things. Here's, here's the advantage we have right now, though, Sarah. These people, these all-powerful figures like the Boris Johnsons and the Liz Truss and the Tony Blinkens and the Jake Sullivans, they're sitting on top of a powder keg that's going to blow. With the global economy being in shambles and central bankers moving towards a reset, it's never been a better time to protect your wealth by owning precious metals. Contact Andy at milesfranklin.com. Tell him Sarah sent you. He promised me he will guarantee you the lowest price anywhere in the country. Remember, email Andy at milesfranklin.com and tell him Sarah sent you. It's never been a better time to protect your future than now. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have Hardly Schlanger coming back. And I got to tell you, this is not a typical interview. And so all those people that say I talk too much, I am going to talk more in this one because this is going to be more of a debate. I really like Harley and I think he's genuine. And he's trying to get the message out there that China and Russia, that we need to work together to move towards a, a world at peace and not always be at odds with these countries, but yet keep our sovereignty. And I am nervous about that because not nervous about having what he said there, but nervous about what China and Russia and what these other characters are really up to. And he seems to have more trust in what China and Russia are about. And so we're going to debate about that. But I agree 100% with where he wants to go. So just because some of the details aren't the same or some of the negotiations or how we deal with it isn't the same, and that's what we're going to debate, where we want to get to is ultimately the same. So there's a lot of positives in engaging with Harley and engaging with other organizations that are work, working towards these goals. But at the same time, my bent is that we have to be more cautious but the people we have in office right now are so bad that they're not even negotiating any of it. They just want total world domination. And so it's a total cluster. And we talk about that as well. Before we get into this, though, I want to tell you, I just put out a video with James Roguski. And this is on the actions that they're trying to do with the WHO, the World Health Organization, the United States actually put amendments forward and how we're going to work with the WHO. It's basically giving up our sovereignty and saying that 
the who's going to be in charge of all health for the world. So all 192 or 194 countries, that's what the amendments are for. And if we don't respond to it within six months, then if we are part of the who, we have agreed to follow their rules and procedures. The only way to get out of it then is to get out of the who. I mean, of course, we have our own constitution, but we agreed to work with the who, and it's like a treaty. If we agreed, if we're in that organization, this is how we're agreeing to work. And if we aren't going to work that way, then we need to get the heck out of the who. But that's what they're they're putting forward, and they want... It's the first globalist, big, formal power grab to completely take over med- medical health care and we saw what they did with the pandemic. We do not want that worldwide where they have the authority. That would be an absolute tyrannical nightmare. Of course, they're moving to do the same thing with banking. I mean, this is what the reset is all about, is a one-world global dictatorship with medicine, with banking, with everything. And we need to, first of all, please go and listen to that, understand what it's about, and then share with everyone you know, and then push back with every member of Congress. We have a midterm election coming up. If they know and they voice, you voice that this is ridiculous and they need to repeal this before, tell them to change this and say, you're not going to be part of this before uh, you vote. You will only vote for members of Congress that vote against this. And they need to do it before they run, because if they don't do it before they run, then you're going to assume they're not going to do it after they run. I mean, we have to get really hard on these congressmen and women because they are not representing the people. Maybe they're all blackmailed. At some point, they need to stand up and say, I don't care if I'm blackmailed because I'm taking down my entire country, my family's future for the sake of me being blackmailed. So whatever, I'm just going to go with it. This is war. They need to put themselves on the line and have some courage. If they aren't willing to do that, get them the heck out of office. So anyways, please go listen to that video and share it with as many people as possible. Of course, I want you to share all my videos, but that one is really urgent. It's really important. It's one of the linchpin situations that are going on now for global control. It's something we can specifically identify and something you can specifically do to help end this global dictatorship. So anyways, before I get into that, please go to my website, sarwestall.com, sign up for my newsletter, share my newsletter, support my affiliates, and thank you for everyone who does also support our Defending Free Speech campaign. If you have not donated yet, please do. We really do need some more money. We're getting close, but we're not there yet. Okay, let's get into this debate and conversation with Harley Schlanger. It's a two-parter, so look for part two as well. Hi, Harley. Welcome back to the program. Hi, Sarah. Good to be with you again. Well, I really enjoy talking to you. And you know why? Is because you are one of the people out there who are working really hard. You have integrity. You're authentic. It's really obvious. And you're really working hard to do what's right for humanity. Now, I don't agree with everything that you say, and we're going to talk about some of that stuff. <laughs> but, I, but you know, I, I think I agree 100% on what you're trying to do. And that is the important part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think the, the point is that there are always going to be disagreements. The question is being able to be open to discuss them, to listen to the other person. And then if you disagree, be honest about it. And I find so often you have people who think they they know everything and they assert they know everything and they're not willing to hear what anyone else is saying. 
Yeah. And I don't know how anybody can know everything in this environment. It's just incredible because we are barraged, as you know, by disinformation. I mean, that's the, the chaos of war and the chaos of war with these guys have been going on for a while and it's really ramping up and they're getting, they're very sophisticated at the psyops. But here's my thing. I love what you guys are doing, the LaRouche organization, the Schiller Institute. I love what you guys are trying to do. I think it's an enlightened view of humanity and how we need to move forward and these Nash states, countries, how they should be working together and where we need to go for humanity. This is where I disagree with you. And, and maybe it's not a disagreement. It's just an approach. I think that there is a there's human, I don't know if it's human nature or we're infiltrated or what this is, but there's bad guys, obviously in the West, and you talk about it a lot, but I think there's bad guys in China and Russia as well, and in India and all these other countries, and China is on display with what they're doing, locking down Shanghai. Three people have died or something, and they're just, more people have died from suicide, and they're going to die from starvation than any even close to the amount of people they're gonna save from covid and the display is uh, it's like watching hell literally what these people yelling out so it it's obvious that china is has major mental issues as a society and a psychosis at, at the top in some of their people um russia has their oligarchs and has some serious corruption as well, which I talked about it with the whistleblower that I had on from, you know, from a bank in Latvia, a, a banking uh, system in Latvia and how the oligarchs and different people were using it as a money laundering system for child trafficking. And, you know, we do child trafficking in this country and, and the West does and everything else, but that part of the world, Ukraine and Russia, and the, I don't know about Russia itself, but that Ukraine and Latvia and that area is kind of the human trafficking capital of the world, followed by our port here, probably on the Mexican border. So they got these bad guys. And so your solution is the enlightened human solution. But I get concerned that we let our guard down when we have those kind of nutbags in China and Russia as well. You understand my concern? So all we would do is swap what nutbags rule us. That's where I get concerned. Well, I, I think what you have to do is step back a second and look at the intent. Now, when, when you look at Russia and China, why are they so targeted today and who's targeting them? I hear all the time that Russia and China are uh, in bed with Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum and so on. Now, what's the essential issue here? The essential issue between Russia and China right now and the West is credit. Who controls credit? Who controls the money system? Now, that doesn't mean there aren't bad people in Russia and China, but it means that the orientation of the governments as a whole is toward investment in the physical economy, not in speculation, not protection of, a, of private interests of billionaires. Now, do they have oligarchs? Yeah, but the oligarchs themselves are under pressure to act for the general welfare. Well, now, this wasn't always the case. Well, and I don't see, hold on one second. I don't see the general welfare happening in China right now. 
maybe in Russia because they're going after with the Donbass region and the, and you have some more intel on that in Russia and, and Putin, you cannot argue that he hasn't significantly helped his people. And so anybody, I have charts and I have things. When Putin came in, he really turned that country around. So I'm not a Putin apologist. I'm just saying <laughs> he's really helped his country. And maybe Xi Jinping has in the past, but what they're doing now is psychopathic. Go ahead. Well, the only thing I can tell you is what they're talking about in China, which is that their view, and I'm not necessarily endorsing it, but their view has been that they're going to do everything they can to have a zero COVID policy. And in terms of the numbers of people who have died percentage-wise, they've generally done a much better job than Western governments. Now, is, is that the way to go about it? Well, well, have they? I mean, look at what's going on now. When their suicides are higher than the COVID deaths, the, the long-term trauma, you know, children who can't, who are learning disabled or learning delayed. I mean, there's so many other issues that we're dealing with. And the the trauma of doing that, it seems like they're doing an, a huge human experiment over there. Well, in a sense, it is an experiment. They're trying to figure out if there's a, a better way to deal with what could be very serious pandemics, including not just this one, but pandemic pandemics to come. But again, Look, I, I would say there's that, that we don't fully understand the strategy they have. It's not clear, especially compared to what, what we did here. Look how many people died in the United States. Look yeah, the, but Harley, they had solutions. We have so many solutions for COVID that they censored. We, we They made up lies about... Oh, but, that's, but that's the point, Sarah. The censorship, the control in the United States is not so different than what people are protesting now in China. Yeah, it's the same thing. And, I agree. No, we didn't, we didn't lock people into their houses necessarily, but we gave them false information. We gave them a whole story, a whole narrative. And I don't think we've yet come to terms with what we're dealing with in terms of the danger of health problems. Because as you know, one of the most important questions in health is nutrition. It's preventive medicine. Well, it's being yeah. able to ensure that the population has access to care when they need it. Well, and we don't have that in the West. Well, and but that's all by design and censorship because they will not let the doctors, the holistic doctors who really have studied their whole life to figure out how to maintain a healthy society. Those people, they can't, only 26 states even license them in the United States and they're censored to the hilt. So you're absolutely right. In the East, they have a much better system because they have Chinese medicine that have started figuring that stuff out. However, they're starting to move towards our stupid Western system. And, you know, there's really is a hybrid of the both that would work great. But I'm just saying, how do we... Okay, here's the big deal. Your solution okay. long-term of working together for a, a, a better enlightened path for humanity is awesome. I've looked at it. I know where you're trying to go. How do we overcome the bad guys in all these countries and not put ourselves at risk? That's where I'm at. I'm like, okay. I don't, I don't trust China. I don't trust Russia. I don't tr Russia. I Putin. I trust more than China right now because I'm seeing what Russia or what China is doing. So you know what I'm saying. You have to know. You're not that naive. You know. So how do we do that? Well, but Sarah, when when you the starting point 
is to, to trust someone is not the issue. The issue is to know what's right, to know that there's a solution in the works. Here's the difference between the Russia-China alliance right now and what's going on in the West. The, the Russians and the Chinese know that the printing of money, the bailouts going on in the West, are designed to protect the smallest percentage of the population, the billionaires, yeah, the Bezos, and so on. And meanwhile, we're carrying out economic policies that are literally going to be destroying the savings of the ordinary person who still has some savings. The inflation is going to steal away from people the ability to retire or to have any sense of security. On top of which, the policies conducted internationally, where the World, Health, the World Food Program now says there are close to a billion people who face food insecurity, yes. and as many as 200 to 300 million people may starve to death. And while the United States stole $9 billion from Afghanistan and then gave back a small amount to NGOs, we're spending billions of dollars to arm Ukraine. So the question you really, so you, you have to ask yourself, what's the, the long-term goal? Now, what Russia and China are talking about is moving away from this funny money system. They're not necessarily ready to dump the petrodollar, but if we continue the, the economic warfare against Russia and against China, they're moving in a way that they are prepared to deal with it. Now, what else is happening with that? Well, the so-called non-aligned nations or the former colonial nations like India, Pakistan, Nigeria, South Africa, Brazil, they're orienting toward China and Russia because they see from China and Russia investment in people, investment in the physical economy yep. in the future. Whereas in the West, we're not investing in the future. We're, we're addicting kids to TikTok and to sugary drinks and, and into uh, social media identities. And that's very different from the America that I grew up in, where the idea was that you're going to learn something as a child that you can apply as an adult to improve the conditions for everyone else. That's no longer the, the ethic or the, the moral standing of, of the American education system. And so in, in Russia and China, and again, I'm not endorsing everything they're doing, but their approach is that they're going to make sure that they're taking people out of poverty and giving them a chance for a middle-class life. As China has taken 800 million people out of poverty, we're plunging a whole section of the middle class in the United States into poverty. I see it now in Europe, in Germany. On purpose. It's well, incredible. The, the, Go the, ahead. The, the, the uh, attempt to carry out this warfare against Russia is really warfare against the people of Germany. We're not going to have gas at the pumps. We're not going to have gas available for heating uh, next winter. The inflation in Germany is extremely high. It's, a, it's right around 15% if you look at the real inflation rate. And they're lying about it just as they do in the United States. Yep. So the, the question of, and then on top of that, they're worsening it with the green policy. How can you assure that people will have enough electricity to stay warm and businesses will have enough electricity to stay open? and industry will have enough power to grow 
if you shift to a solar and wind power, which we know won't provide the quality and the energy intensity necessary for a modern industrial economy. And at the same time, you have industrialists in Germany who are saying, we want to trade with China, we want to trade with Russia, that's our future. And instead, they're being told, no, those countries are bad, you have to trade within the European Union. And they look at Greece, they look at Italy, they look at Spain and see these countries collapsing. So the, the narrative we have in the West is a narrative shaped by a fake science and a fake distributionist mentality. And then you have people like Mark Carney and, and Al Gore and, and uh, Klaus Schwab, yeah. who essentially are destroying the future and saying, we're doing this so the planet doesn't boil over. Well, they're not doing it so the planet doesn't boil over. They're protecting the private fortunes of small groups of people Yes. at a moment where we have a debt overhang that's unsustainable. And I don't just mean the national debt. I mean corporate debt. I mean family debt, uh, student loans. The, the United States is the biggest debtor in the world right now. And the way we're dealing with it is creating more debt in the form of quantitative easing and bailouts. And who, who benefits from that? The purpose of the bailouts is to give the speculators enough money that they can keep trading worthless financial instruments that you have in your pension fund or your retirement fund. And when those things blow out, the traders are going to make their money. It's the, the suckers who are being having these things stuffed into their portfolios who are going to be left with nothing. Now, that's the real immorality. And in order to protect it, they're attacking Russia right now because Russia had the, the courage to look at the situation and say, we don't want to go along with the Great Reset. We don't want to go along with the Green New Deal. And so one of the narratives that's being spread to people is that, well, Putin and Xi are really part of the World Economic Forum, the Davos, and so on. Well, the difference is their idea of clean energy is increasing the energy intensity of the production process, which means higher temperature burning processes, more efficiency, uh, nuclear, clean coal, the development of nuclear fusion. In the West, we're going backwards to less energy-intense systems, which can't provide the electricity to sustain a population. And so Klaus Schwab says, well, the reason the planet's boiling over is you want a better standard of living. No, the planet's not boiling over, first of all. And secondly, the idea of improving conditions for the future is the bedrock of the American dream and the American economic system. And so that's what's being attacked. Okay, well then let's talk about this. Okay, we want a, a, a better economic system and the one that Russia and China seems to be putting forward, are they putting a system forward where we'll all have our sovereignty without being tracked 24 seven? You know what I'm saying? If they can put a monetary system together where we have we keep our sovereignty, it's backed by gold or something real, and we're not being tracked 24-7, and each of the countries have their own national identity, then or we negotiate, we get people with who are adults and they negotiate with them for something like that. 
And then we all worked, we find out who the good people are. We work, we work together as, as partners to find out who the good people are with integrity, who cares about humanity. We realize you all have different goals. We have different goals too. Thus, we want to maintain our individual identities. However, we need to both work hard to get rid of these nutbags who are in all of our countries. Well, you mentioned the key word there is sovereignty. You know, if you go back to the 70s and 80s, what you'll see is an increased number of people saying that sovereignty is a problem because nations don't have the luxury of addressing their national interests first. We have to address global interests first. And in order to do that, you set up international courts, international legal systems. Uh, you give power to international agencies over national institutions. Now, that's what was pushed by people like Walt Riston, who wrote a book called The Twilight of Sovereignty. That's what Schwab is about. That's what the BlackRock networks and the, the ones who are pushing the Great Reset, they're saying that having elected governments that put the interests of their people first is unacceptable. Well, and they now, want to go back, and this is something I talk about, they want to go back to pre-Magna Carta they want to go back. They think it's an evolved state, and it's really a, a seriously devolved state of humanity. And they totally. they just are so crazy that yeah. they they are. I don't. Maybe they know it. They don't care. But they're so crazy that this is what they they want. And so we cannot allow us to go back to a default devolved state. And that's what they want. But so we need but, rational Sarah, let me, people. Let me just, let, go let ahead. Me just come let me just come back to the sovereignty question for a second. If, if you look at what the Russian objection to the Great Reset is, it's that they don't want to give their future economy to the hands, into the hands of the same bankers who looted them during the 1990s, uh, the Yeltsin years, and who are trying to continue to get their hands on Russian resources today. In the 1990s, you had Harvard bankers, Boston and New York yep, bankers, yep. London bankers come into Russia and steal everything. And, well, and they had still a are. Crisis. Well, there still well, are in Ukraine. I mean, well, they're, they're, they're doing it to Ukraine. Ukraine now is the poorest country in Europe. The, the standard of living in Ukraine right now, the, the great paragon of freedom after the Maidan revolution, Ukraine is, has a lower standard of living today than they did in 1991 when the Soviet system collapsed. That's because they turned the country over to the International Monetary Fund. When Putin came in in Russia, he started moving against that. In Ukraine, after the Maidan coup in, in 2014, they increased the control of the International Monetary Fund and the global bankers over Ukraine. Now, Ukraine's wealth, they have strategic metals. They have wonderful farm capabilities, agricultural production, but it doesn't go to the people. It's in the hands of corrupt oligarchs. Now, Putin had to fight that, and he essentially gave oligarchs in Russia a choice. Work with me to increase the wealth of society, or we're going to take away your wealth. And so they didn't stop them from making money. You still have, you know, it's not a communist society where they seize people's resources, just like China. China as billionaires too. That's not communism. 
but they realize that where there are people who can create wealth, who have a special capability to figure out how to invest in the science and technology of the future to increase the productivity of the workforce, those are the people you want to give credit to. Whereas people who create Ponzi schemes, you cut them off from credit. If they can get people who will give money for their swindles, fine, but you're not going to bail them out. In the U.S., we bail them out and we cut yes, off we the credit, for example, to energy exploration or to scientific research and so on. We, we cut it off. So that's the difference between the two systems. Now, the American system, which the, the Chinese and Russians are copying elements of it. There, there's one, I'll mention someone to you who's an interesting character, Sergei Glaziev, who is one of the chief alternative economists of Russia, who is talking about the American system, about investment in physical goods production, in increasing the wealth capability of a society by investing in, in entrepreneurs, investing in, in scientific research and development. And he calls it the, the LaRouche system. This is someone who's worked closely with Lyndon LaRouche during the period after, the, after Putin came in and the Russians were trying to figure out how to recover from the Yeltsin years. So you have some economists in Russia who are looking to that. You also have some economists in Russia who are still part of the neoliberal system of the British, and Putin's trying to get rid of them. The, the ruble based on gold, oil, timber, strategic metals, that's the direction of the future. While we have a dollar that's based on our ability to loot the American people and the rest of the world to get money, not to produce anything. And that's the dividing line. And the Chinese are also on the side of the Russians in that. Okay, and again, well, let's, they, they have... and I, okay I, I agree with that. But here's the deal. To make sure, because I don't trust anybody, and either should you, and to make yeah. sure that they're not going to um, do what we did. I mean, honestly, I don't want them to end up just being we end up just being on the other side of the equation with other bad guys running us, right? And I do see their actions and there's there's some good stuff, but what we need, honestly, we need our people to get off their butts, stop and just make be real about what's going on and get real negotiators in there to try to figure out how we can move forward. We have the wrong people Klaus Schwab's and company who don't see a need for sovereignty. They want a one world government. We got the wrong people working with these guys. So the goal would be to get people who can work with these guys. I mean, if they end up winning the war, Russia and China, who's to say they're not going to just say hell with the United States. These guys and the, and the Brits and everybody else, these guys are evil. They got evil leadership. They have no, uh, and take it out on us. Because we, well, you know what I'm saying. Here's, here's the problem. They're not so, I mean, they're trying to do what's right for their people. Our problem is that we don't have enough people in the United States who are in politics, who care about the, the population, and instead are only interested in lining their pockets and increasing their, their power or increasing the clicks they have on, on their they're Instagram stupid. account. They're stupid. I'm now, sorry, but they're, they've lost... They don't even realize, if they're still doing that, they don't realize the extent of where we're at. They're dumb. Well, 
Go ahead. Lyndon LaRouche used to talk about, do we have the moral fitness to survive? And one of the things that I thought was very interesting is I, I saw a speech by Sergei Lavrov, the Russian foreign minister, who said the West is in the post-Christian era. And then someone else said, no, the West has actually become aggressively atheistic. Yeah, maybe. You know, that we're, we're, yeah. we're seeking the shiny coin and we're not thinking about the future for the children and grandchildren, nor do we think about the debt we owe to the people who sacrificed before us to put us in a situation where we can have prosperity and peace. Now, you ask the question of who can negotiate. Putin tried to negotiate with the United States and the West from 2007 on this question of Ukraine. And he repeatedly brought this up. And there were people in the United States, like William Burns, who's now the CIA director, who wrote a memo in 1995. He wrote another memo in 2007 saying that Ukraine is an existential issue for Russia. And we may not like it, but we can't treat it as though they're not that they don't have security interests. Well, we treated it as though their security interests are not, not right and that we have to expand NATO. Now, after the fall of communism, why keep NATO? NATO is an arms boondoggle. This is one area where Trump was absolutely right that you know, if, if NATO is going to war against the cigarette butts on the, the parade ground, they lose the war to the cigarette butts. They're not a serious military operation, but they are a serious expenditure into the war complex, into the military yes. industrial. And they, they're a goal. And, they're, they're a power structure that they can use for their, their one world government as well. Well, exactly. And NATO is, look what NATO did. NATO was in Iraq with the United States. NATO was in Afghanistan. NATO bombed Libya. NATO bombed Yugoslavia. You know, I, I get so tired of hearing, oh, there hasn't been a war in Europe since World War II. Bill Clinton and the British and NATO bombed Yugoslavia for 90-something days, dropping more bombs than were dropped on Germany in World War II. You know, the idea that NATO is this defender of freedom and democracy. Is a joke. Which is the, well, that's the idea. You know, Boris Johnson tried to sell that, and Biden jumped in on the idea of democracy versus autocracy. So we're, we're being brainwashed in the West. But at a certain point, here's what has to happen. The brainwashing only works if people still have food and a sense of security. What happens when working mothers can no longer afford to get, to, get gas to go to work or put food on the table? We're reaching that point. In, in the United States. Not yet, but we're getting there. Now, who's going to speak to those people? Who's going to put forward their interests? I don't see a single high-level political figure who actually talks about these things. Now, I, I don't see it, you know, in, including Donald Trump, who's not raising these questions. So this is what we're doing with the Schiller Institute. What we're saying is that there's an opportunity now to break from this city of London, Wall Street, geopolitical, neoliberal policy, where we have to break from it before it crashes, because if it crashes on us, you go into total anarchy. And who knows who's going to survive, and you'll probably end up in wars, more wars. So we have to have a program that can be worked out among sovereign nation states, 
And as you said earlier, I absolutely agree with this. Every nation has a different history, different traditions, in some cases religions and other things, and they have a right to that. But there's a higher right in international statecraft, which is that peace and prosperity depends on acting in the interests of others, not just yourself. <laughs>